0: Hi, I'm Sophia, the design researcher for the Diverse Data Team at Genomics England, and you're listening to The G Word. Through the conversations we have on this podcast, we hope to bring the benefits of genomic medicine to everyone. Genomics is a word that can trigger really strong responses, hope, fear, anger, and there's a lot of information out there, but it's not always accessible to non-experts. We want to talk more about this word, the G Word, genomics. Today we will be discussing the Health Data Research's Black Internship Programme, which we are taking part in this year. We are joined by Professor Martin Levermore, hub member and pioneer of the programme, as well as our two new interns, Bassan and Samuel. As a non-black person myself, I will just be facilitating the discussion so that you have more time to listen to Samuel, Bassan and Martin. I hope you enjoy listening to this very fruitful and important discussion. So I would first like to start by asking everyone to introduce themselves. Samuel, would you like to go first?
1: Yeah, thank you, Sophia. So um, I'm Samuel. This is going to be my second internship of the summer. So I was just finished another internship at, a, at another genomics company. It's a bit of a change for me because I kind of come from a lab science background, but my kind of projects in my bachelor's and my master's have been kind of bioinformatics-y so yeah I've just been trying to kind of lean more in that direction um as well as get involved in in a kind of industry that i think is really doing amazing things right now in terms of um, diversity and kind of trying to reduce that health inequality so yeah looking forward to start next week and yeah looking forward to work with all of you
0: thank you vasan
2: yeah i'm vasan so my background is in Health psychology and behavioral science so i'm currently doing my doctorate in health psychology and in essence it's looking at the dynamics between mental and physical health conditions so I'm quite my research project is on diabetes especially within black populations in the uk and i'm quite excited to be well for this role in genomics england because it's Slightly different from what I've done previously. So, with a psychology background, it's quite different from data science and gen- genomics in general, but it's a good opportunity to look at similar health issues from a different perspective. So,
0: I'm quite excited. Thank you so much, Fassan. Can't wait to have you both. And also, Martin Levenmore is here with us. Would you like to introduce yourself?
3: Yes, uh, good morning, all. I'm Martin Leavenworth, uh, as just been mentioned. I'm the visiting professor. For Health, Education and Life Sciences at uh, Birmingham City University, and also the chair for the advisory group for HDR UK in connection with the Black Internship Programme. For those who also want to know a little bit more about me, I've been in the medical device innovation space for over 18 years, and I also sit for one of my local trusts as a non executive NED in innovation integration and research, which fits firmly fits around about bringing a whole host of unrepresented individuals to the table so that we can get better patient outcomes.
0: Thank you very much. So, as you can hear, we've got a wealth of experiences in the room today, and I just wanted to start by talking about the Black Internship Programme itself. So, Martin, could you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Uh, Yes, indeed. This is the second cohort. Uh, we started the Black Internship Programme back in uh, 20, 2021. And the reason for that, after speaking with colleagues at HDR UK, was trying to bring a wide and diverse talent pool to this new area known as ELF Data Science. Um, unless you're in the know, then there's a tendency that only by accident you find your way through to this uh, exciting new career opportunity. As such, um, and with the outbreak of the pandemic, all the issues around Black Lives Matter, the um, unrepresentation at senior levels, uh, the view how do we get better communication of the opportunity in this field? And as such, I think the pioneering work that HDR UK has been done has actually proven significance in not only bringing more black interns into this world, but also the diversity, the the female talent pool that we've seen, which actually says, if you're not seen, you can't be it. And I think uh, the value set of this is encouraging. And I think more importantly, it is creating broader ambassadors across all race and creeds in order that we can actually promote the value of what health data means as far as patient outcomes are concerned.
0: Thank you very much. And it feels like a very stupid question to be asking you this, but just for the listeners, like why exactly is it so important to focus on black talent specifically?
3: I think for far too long, there has been unrepresentational across what I would term minority communities, but actually in terms of the aggregate, there are majority communities brought together. And uh, if we are going to find tools, treatment protocols that is actually going to be representative or improving that group, we have to bring more and more of that unrepresentative category to the table. And I think it's like most things, it's broadening our knowledge pool and knowledge pool of the areas we sit in. Data has been used for years. It's been there. We've been using computational uh, information in so many different fields, be that the finance sector or be that engineering. But when it comes to health, we seem to have been neglectful of the rich resource we have around us and as such, I think it's highly important that uh, that that narrative is changed. And if we're talking about an inclusive society, then that inclusivity requires the pooling of all talents.
0: Completely. Thank you so much. Um, Samuel Bassam, would you like to chime in with any of your thoughts or reflections on that?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting field because, as Martin was saying, in, in other industries, you you see a lot um, quicker adoption in terms of use of data. Um, And I think when it comes to health, especially in the black community, there can be a bit of a distrust with giving over such um, sensitive information. Um, And I think that's why it's so important to have companies that represent these people because if you see people like you who look like you, you're gonna feel like they have your best intentions. Um, It's just kind of a bit of human nature. So um, as, as well as working with diverse data, I think it's important to have diverse teams because it helps with kind of getting more data from these underrepresented groups. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts on, on that.
0: Tharsan, any thoughts?
2: Um. Yeah, I think I'll just echo what everyone else has said because based on my past experience, especially conducting research within diverse populations within the NHS and their engagement with services such as lung cancer screening, many would cite that there is distrust there and that they're not they would kind of rather go to alternative familiar sources of um healthcare rather than the standard mm-hmm. formal services because of that trust that's been built or Adversely, the lack of trust that's actually there within formal healthcare services. So, I think providing, for example, the diverse data team and providing services which contain people that reflect the people that they serve is very important, like Samuel said.
0: Absolutely, thank you. I'm sensing a theme of that phrase, you cannot be what you don't see, which Martin said. So, it's great to hear it. I wanted to touch a little bit on trust, which you've all mentioned in some form or another. And absolutely, in the situations where the healthcare services has absolutely like well traumatized black communities and other communities in this country. We need to go in the process of putting this right. And I think on a side to that, as we talk about diversity in teams, there is a lot of historical, non diverse senior leadership. And I just wondered if anyone here would like to reflect on that and how the internship is a way of Starting to bridge that gap between senior leadership, where there's black senior leadership and diverse senior leadership, and also the intern community that are coming into the world of work?
3: I think for so often across communities, and it's not just the black community or the white community, we tend to live in silo ecosystems. And because we live in silo ecosystems, we, we don't learn from each other effectively. And I think what the black internship program uh, via HDR UK is doing is exposing our black interns to a wide and broad uh, view within what we would say the the common landscape of health data science as it is today. The world is complex, Uh, the way in which we think is complex. And we will have our own unbiased views based on our own interactions. I think the, the 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 value set of this is breaking down barriers on both sides of the fence. As Sam, you mentioned, you know, trust comes at, by having an open and engaging environment where people can have a conversation, be able to be open to be free to speak and voice their opinion we may may not always have it right, but it's that joint interactions, And that means going back to traditional leadership programs. It's taking the facet of going beyond our norms and looking at what real talent is and where real talent is set. And that's not necessary always in our short or small communities so this is about broadening the, op- the the availability and i know from the first cohort and samuel uh and others are the second cohort, the success of the first cohort has proven that real practical challenges in today's healthcare system can be solved by taking this integrated approach
0: can you tell us a little bit more about the success of the first programme?
3: Absolutely. When we set sail, as like everything, we didn't know whether we had the right um, concept. But one of the elements was, how did we also engage from the Black community? Because as we all know, that uh, the matriarchs are females. How do we get our, a broader acceptance of females coming in, um, especially when we were talking about science, technology and engineering, because you know, whilst we talk about computational delivery around data, there are elements which requires STEM knowledge. And we were very, very surprised that actually 70% of the cohort were females. And that actually was quite enriching because as we know that a large amount within every community, the female allows that voice to transit between the sort of masculine male environment to that of the young. So actually knowing that we could encourage black females to, and to, to consider this field was, was quite rewarding. Set aside from that, the different organizations, and I'm talking about charities, uh, the NHS, and the private sector, were able to actually look at their gap, their knowledge gap, um, around cultural diversity, around the ability to get Mm -hmm. to communities, and start to understand some of the tensions, and our best to try to work through those. So as uh, Samuel says, how to build that trust and integrity going forward, which I think is a a very valuable set. So I I would say the the experience from all the organizations that worked with the internship, there was an 85% satisfaction, very great satisfaction outcome. Uh, And from the interns, there was 100% satisfaction outcome in in terms of the experience they received uh, going through the journey.
0: That's wonderful and I think you touched on something very very pivotal there I think and I'd love to know Samuel and Bassan's thoughts on this but it's not just that there is a benefit for the intern but so much benefit for the organisations themselves. I'm so excited to hear what you both bring and share and all the things that we can learn from you just as much as I'm sure you can take from our team if not more. So please if you would like to share anything about about what Martin just said.
1: Uh, yeah, in terms of having diverse senior leadership, I think it's really important because an intern of any race, when you're entering a new environment, learning new skills, being around people who are really good at what they do, there is a tendency for imposter syndrome to start coming up. And I think that's definitely exacerbated when you don't see um, people who look like you in senior positions. Um, so I think for us as interns, from our perspective, it's um, an extra mental hurdle you maybe have to get over um, and be able to kind of get around that idea that there's a sort of cap for you in this kind of career because um, you can kind of be let through the door in certain places, but, you know, sometimes there is a, a glass ceiling and I think as time goes on, of course, we'd love to see more diverse senior leadership so that future interns don't really have to kind of have those same mental gymnastics they have to kind of get through um so yeah that that's my kind of thoughts on the whole senior leadership um, thing Thank
2: i you, definitely also. agree to that awesome. as well yeah because i i just as you were speaking i just remembered initially like in my past experience of interning and working as well you kind of have this perception that they're doing you a favor rather than that it being a bi-directional relationship, like you have something to offer as well. So when you're saying that the intern gains but the organization gains as well, it's, um, it's a perspective that I've recently come into because I know like Samuel said, you have a tendency to have imposter syndrome. So even when you start, you think, oh gosh, am I even good enough? Can I do it? But what I found out is that the more that you do something or the more experiences that you have, the more confident you become even in a um, new situation so going into genomics England I know that even I know that despite the fact that it's a completely different environment I'm so confident in the fact that I still have something to offer based on my academic experience based on my work experience there's something that I could contribute and I think that's quite nice because I know that um, studying psychology one of my initial challenges was even finding opportunities like this to, gained that experience but now that it's being offered especially for people from minority backgrounds and black people it's something that I find great value in because I know how much how difficult it was previously for me to attain something like this.
0: How did you find out about it Um,
2: Actually my younger sister applied for a similar program I think yeah I think it was part of the thousand black interns program so that she mentioned it to me so then I searched it up and then I saw okay actually it's something that interests me because I've always wanted to kind of research into health data science so when I found it I kind of applied literally last minute to the last I think the deadline was at 4 p.m or 5 p.m I was like one minute left and I submitted my application
0: yeah. <laughs> oh well I'm glad it paid off for you
2: <laughs> definitely
0: and um, just if you're comfortable, but Martin mentioned a lot about the success race from last year of having 70% women. And I wondered if you had any thoughts that you'd like to share, reflect on that.
2: Um, Yeah, even in our own cohort, I know that there's more females than males. And it's nice being able to work with people that are similar to you because we've got a group project as well that we've kind of started so it's just a more relaxed environment and i think just having that initial i suppose similarity of course we all have different personalities and things like that but there's a sense of a more relaxed vibe in a sense that okay we're all initial interns but we can kind of communicate and share any questions that we may have and just share our journeys together and i think having Mm. a predominantly female base as well it's it's kind of indicative of where the field may go because I know now they might not be as many females but there's definitely interest and there's definitely potential there so harnessing that now and kind of developing that within um, programs such as this gives us a better platform in the future and better kind of yeah it's just all about building experience and being able to kind of show people our skills that actually we are quite relevant and we can do it and you know we've got the experience to back it
0: absolutely thank you so much same question to you Samuel how did you find out about the internship
1: yeah I, I was a last minute deadline person as well Um, I didn't I, I think I was preparing for the interview for the first internship I did this summer and during the preparation I found the website and I saw the deadline and I was like, okay, let me quickly apply to this. You never know. Um, <laughs> and thankfully got the interview and thankfully got through that, through that interview. So yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit of luck, but, um, I think, cause I was already aware of the whole 10,000 black intern program. It kind of at least put me in the kind of realm to find it, I guess. So, yeah.
0: And I know both of you have yet to start, um, the internship with Genomics England, but how have you been finding this experience so far how was the interviews what were you expecting from this versus what's happening now you know just open space for you to give some feedback
1: yeah i think it's been really good because there's definitely a community aspect of internship with this whole program we have the um, whole um, team challenge thing which is good um, because you have people you're kind of working with people from different companies um, also interning so you can kind of go along this journey together and kind of, you know, support, get support from each other, things like that. Um, with Genomics England, particularly, I think the interview was really good. To be honest, I think whenever you see a panel interview, you know, your heart starts beating. You're like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> Lions Den. Um, but it was actually pretty relaxed. Um, you guys made me feel com- comfortable. Um. So, yeah, no complaints so far, and hopefully that trend continues for <laughs> uh, the rest of the, <laughs> two, rest of the two months. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I hope so, too.
2: <laughs> then Yeah, so in terms of my whole experience or journey from initially applying to now, like someone said, the interview was really good, actually. I quite enjoyed it because it was way more relaxed and casual than I was expecting because I remember you guys just asking mm-hmm. me about my experience, my Past research history and things like that which I felt more comfortable in speaking about because I thought it was going to be like a very detailed specific interview process but it was really really good and um, even though I'll be starting next month the communication has been quite good as well because I'm part of the other interns so in terms of the Friday lecture series and uh, mm. kind of in intern groups so we've got our own project that we'll be working on so I feel very included in the whole process even though I haven't even started yet so yeah it's been good so far.
0: I think there's another element here that everyone has touched on around preparation for the world of work but also acknowledging what you yourselves can bring. Um, Martin I'm very interested to know when you were coming out about with the design of the program or how it functioned like what if any of these thoughts were on your mind and how you how you ended up with the program design as you have now?
3: Yes. Um generally it was always looking at that practicality of the program should not be just theoretical. It's it's about human interactions and really working on problem solving in a real world situation, even though you had to bring your own initials, knowledge and skills and be your best self. I mean I think all the interns will tell you, it it has been a competitive and robust approach. It was not just given on the plate. So you know, mm. the, the interns themselves have already come with a breadth of experience and knowledge, both academically or worldly experience. What we wanted to then do is to ensure that working with the different organisations, that the practical skills were going to be learned in a very short space of time. I think eight weeks is a very short time span But when you're working on real world projects and working with new teams and new pe- uh, people, it was fundamentally building the whole 360 degrees approach to this in a practical, translatable way uh, so that at the end of that uh, eight weeks, both the organisations and the individuals can make a really valued approach to their interactions and this programme itself. Um, you know, from day one, we've always wanted to ensure that this was not a one off. And you, know, Sam and Mabasa are part of the second quarter. We're already thinking about 2023 um, and that sustainability Approach is what and consistency approach is what we've always felt will obviously allow for that area of uh, which somebody has coined recently, health data poverty, to be reduced by having the likes of Sam and Mabasa and the other um, uh, interns growing forward in that community and having a a conversation that goes beyond in a practical light.
0: What has changed from this year's cohort versus last year? And equally, when you're designing for 2023, what are are there any things you're thinking of changing there?
3: Well, the changes have been made really from the previous year's cohort feeding into this year's programme, as well as the organizations. What I will say, there's far more interns this year than there were last year uh, and more organizations. So I think uh, the success itself is proven by where the interns are picking up. And that is also up in collaboration with the 10,000 Black Internship Program as well. This is a community regardless of what industry we were saying that actually your knowledge and learning experience is quite cross-cutting and if you can bring that to health and add value that actually will improve the adoption and diffusion in order for as we all know especially from a genomics perspective is getting a great amount of data so that industry and researchers can actually come up with answering those key questions which is how do we actually tackle certain diseases or actually improve the ageing of our elderly population better.
0: You said a brilliant phrase earlier where you said be your best self and I want to open up this question to all three of you. What does a workplace need to do in order for you to feel like you can be your best self in whatever way that you define that to be?
3: To be your best self, you've got to feel that you are part of a process, that you are motivated to be part of that process. And I've spoken about the the, the environment itself, having the ability to speak up, the freedom to speak up, because actually only if you're able to be listened to, will they, that organization or team be able to your views and your views having value to that overall process. So it's it's about that engage opportunity. The other thing is it's mentoring happens in two ways. you know um, we may be senior business leaders but actually we've only gone this course because we have also inputted into that mentoring process. So we can actually learn from our interns as well as our interns learning from us. And, and it's that that cross-fertilisation that actually gets us down the road a lot quicker and be more responsive to the broader society with that. So as I said, freedom to speak up, openness and respect, mutual respect on both sides, uh, will allow that interaction to be proactive and truthful.
2: Um, I think for me, in terms of being my best self, especially in regards to work, doing something with a sense of purpose. I, the workplace needs all well, the work that I'll be doing. I want it to be purposeful. Mm. And I think that's even a motivation for me because I know, okay, let's say for research, there are moments where it's very tough to continue, but I know there's an essence to it. I know what it's how useful it's going to be and things like that. So for me, that's one key important aspect of a workplace. And secondly, I think flex- flexibility. Um, over the past few years, or since COVID, I've gotten used to kind of working from home. So I am like hybrid working at the moment. And I think that fits into kind of my lifestyle better, in a sense, because I feel like I get, I don't know, I feel like my days are more calmer at times. I like going into the office, but sometimes I like staying at home as well. And it just fills me with calmness, the fact that I have a routine, I know what I'm doing. And I just like being at home, to be fair, so I guess that's part of it and I think that's helps me to be my best self as well and yeah so those are the main two things I can think of top of my head.
1: Okay yeah and I'll finish off so I think um, in a workplace especially um, at this kind of level where you're kind of entering something new um, at junior level I think you definitely need freedom to make mistakes within reason I think um, it can definitely be a lot of pressure to only speak when you have something good to say, but sometimes you have to say some stupid stuff to eventually get something smart that comes out, I think. So um, I think for me, when I've kind of worked with colleagues where I feel comfortable to just ask questions, even if they might be obvious to someone else, that's when I kind of come into my element because it's not me trying to like put on some kind of like pretense that I know everything because obviously I don't, and no one does. Um, so I think that's really important. And also the flexibility thing, as well, is really good. Um, I think there's definitely times where it is beneficial to come into the office. For example, if you need to work one to one with people, it's a lot easier sometimes to do that in person. But you know, um, on the flip side, kind of working from home. Um, avoids all that commute jet lag I guess and you know kind of have more energy to put into the actual work in itself so um, yeah I'd say those two things for me gets the best out of out of me personally.
0: Mm, That's wonderful thanks everybody and I think just just a a note there reflecting on everything you all said it's all about support and respect and, and making sure it's mutual right and I guess as well, recognising that the framework for support, for success, for purpose, all of those things, and be- and how you receive them are all based on elements of your background, your seniority level, so many things, and there's no one-size-fits-all model for for whatever you need to be your best self, right? Um, don't know if anyone has any reflections or thoughts there.
3: You, you're absolutely right. There's not one model fits all and i think what we're learning in this hybrid world is that actually we can engage across many areas very quickly in order to work on whatever that thematic problem is and you it is having that focus it's having that driven purpose and i think from all the interns, and especially what is what I've actually valued from this entire process is that we're all actually working at improving human endeavour. I think you know that's the best value out of it. You know, it's it's actually looking at how we can improve the healthcare, um, not just for UK PLC, but actually then how we can translate that knowledge wider afield globally. So I think the the, this has been a a period where I've actually had young minds helping me to reshape my own thoughtology. Uh, And I say young minds because I'm getting on in age these days. Um, (laughs) uh, But also being able to come across our technology and and the use of data and the creation of AI Um, is better helping us to understand very simple Cinderella diseases in a more intuitive manner uh, so that clinicians can make more uh, attuned decisions based on the information of their local populace. So, yeah, it it is that flexibility. It's that agility as well and fleet of Mm mind to be able to to be answerable. And I think uh, having that team of um, young, inspiring interns, as well as experience, allows us actually to produce things quicker that are centered on the on the user group being the patients, and also being responsive to all those cultural sensitivities that come with it.
0: Martin, what's a Cinderella disease?
3: Uh, for me, it's those chronic diseases that we least think about or speak about. So for instance, unary tract infections, which will affect the elderly far more, um, which we don't talk about, but actually when we start looking at these is- issues around hydration, uh, bladder function, and it even can go to uh, the issues around kidney development, actually what ELF data science now starts doing is allowing us to look at those, what I would call those forgotten diseases a lot better, a lot more intuitively, and especially um, where we're trying to apply from primary care is how we reduce the, uh, should we say the the poor referrals into acute so that actually working together with rich data resources, we can actually have a greater efficient system um, so that those areas of diseases you know, uncommon in, in a lot of people, but uh, we can actually be more responsive and more 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 productive in treating.
0: Thank you. I just wanted to pivot slightly to talk about health data in the form of the question, how do your families or loved ones who aren't in this field understand what you do? How do you explain it to them? Uh, I see a
1: smile yeah, I, on Samuel's face there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm thinking about my mom, <laughs> and I don't think she knows what I do at all. She just knows that so I sit on the computer and I, around five o'clock I leave my room. Um, but yeah, like um, I think it's, it's it really shows um, how well you know something if you're able to explain it to a lay person, I think. So um, the way I try to explain it is just that, you know, um, we have, um, data that's able to help um, inform health decisions, and you know that's kind of good enough. I don't need to get into the nitty gritty, I guess. But um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where you do have to just um, provide the information necessary. Whereas with my sister, for example, I can maybe get into a bit more like, okay, so I do a bit of coding, and there's a bit of statistics that are involved, you know. So it just depends on who you're talking to, I guess. Um,
2: but yeah <laughs> yeah I think for me it's similar Did as well have... oh, yes. some family members uh, basically I'll start to explain things and they'll be like oh okay so this is just something else you're doing again because they always think that I'm doing something new every month or something yeah I remember just telling my sisters and my mom that I'm starting this in terms of genomics England and they're like you don't even do health data science but I kind of had to explain that there is actually a relation <laughs> and it's quite interesting I get what someone was saying about you just give like the basic information because if we get any deeper, people will just lose interest. So I don't think they still understand what I'm doing or even why I'm doing it. But yeah, I guess they'll hopefully they'll get it along the way.
3: I suppose the best way I've described it is the portability and convenience, like your passport, of being able to take your information wherever you go in the world and to ensure that. Uh, the clinician the other end can actually provide the same level of care that your own doctor in the UK could provide because it's got that information to add. So it's that trustability to collate that that allows you to be more portable and to allow the efficiency of the healthcare to look at you. So it's really ensuring that you Mm. have control in how that the, the information you give works for you, the, the individual patient. Um, and that helps because um, I got a 93 year old mother with dementia who suffers from diabetes. The last thing you want is constant uh, different approaches when you're talking about personalized care. So it's about how do we gather that information to whoever interacts on a health perspective are working from factual information and patterns to improve our care rather than your test and trial which uh, has always been the concern within our community
0: and i guess this loops all the way back to what you said at the very beginning of the discussion about by bringing in more diverse groups of people in teams by bringing in more black talent we are making sure that more of those concerns are being heard and built into what we design so as a sort of ending question we've talked about a lot of the benefits of internship um, benefits of black internship and the benefits of feeling supported and safe at work and now i want to ask you how do we push that even further Um, and what for example can genomics england do as an organization beyond black internship to make sure that we are always going to further black talent and make sure that this conversation is continue continually being had i know bassan and samuel this is a lot to ask of you considering you've not worked with us yet but um (laughs) any just any just reflections you have would be wonderful i
1: think martin was talking about this uh before about that each time you kind of bring in um, new diverse people you have go-to people for the next interns so, you know, for example, me and Bassan are here this year, and um, we'll have a lot of insights. And for the next interns, they'll be able to kind of look to us if they need any support or help, things like that. So I think having that kind of constant rotation of people coming in creates a kind of community that's able to kind of lean on each other for more things. Um, and I think as well, kind of trying to target cer- certain communities, um, because I think with um, as we were talking about science healthcare, it's not always well understood um, in the black community. And so mm-hmm. kind of better education on what we do and why it's important for black people, I think is um, a way to kind of push it for further, you know, that education.
2: Yeah, I think education is key. Like Samuel said, um, making people aware of health data and even genomics England and its benefits to them as well as society as a whole because i think if you don't understand something you're less likely to really engage in it so in terms of kind of healthcare as well as attracting people to even work within the organization as well and to understand that actually it's something that could be interesting for them and could be um especially undergrads as well because i remember when i was um studying We did cover uh, cover genomics, but I kind of dismissed it because I was like, okay, this is not relevant to me at all. But if I had that understanding Mm. at the initial stages, perhaps I would have been a bit, perhaps someone out there at least, would have been more inquisitive and go down that route, and especially people from minority backgrounds as well. I think, yeah, just educating them from an early stage is very important.
0: Do you mean like by making it more personal to you?
2: By making it more personal as well as increasing awareness as a whole, yeah. Martin,
3: yeah, I mean it's really about embedding in cultures within organisations, but for those organisations also to communicate what they the best they do as well. Um, Your know, organisations are people-centric. Um, and if we don't know what you do, then uh, actually, it, it, you—it's know, it, again, we get into this sort of silo mentality and we pat ourselves on the back. And I think the world of science, we, we use language, like any profession, in such that we don't engage the broader community, the broader public. And actually, what we're asking the broader public is, is to be attuned to what we're doing to become more more wider awake so for me it is about promoting as a as a community the values what we do the things that that has come out of the work in a language base that is able to resonate with the wider public so that we are not just sitting there waiting to say this is the next therapeutic this is the next therapeutic, but based on the work and experience of all of the combined talent that we have in our organizations.
0: Mm. Thank you. And I think, as, as the only rep of Genomics England here, I think the way we do that is by hiring people full term on full salaries to do this work long term. It's about creating those long term relationships with different communities and making sure that they are built into everything we design and that their opinion is forefront and I think yeah that's that's one small way I think we can do it as well um so that is the hour that is the tip of the hour and I know we're all very busy people and I don't want to take up more of your time um so I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending this hour with me I've had I've really enjoyed listening to you all if anyone has any final words I do not want to be the last words Please, please go ahead.
3: <laughs> no, I'd just like to say, um, you know, as one of the organisers and companies around the Black Internship Programme, and the work you're doing, uh, thank you on behalf of the interns. And on behalf of the interns, you know, I think it's an exhilarating opportunity, but it's about also keeping that community going you are the alumni's, um, you are the, the future knowledge holders. So please share that with others. Uh, and on behalf of HDR UK, you know, this is about broadening the research talents in a very exciting new field. And uh, I'd like to congratulate them also in seeing the opportunity and coalescing it so that we've all got uh, an input into what's been done.
1: Uh, I'm just gonna say thank you as well. Uh, thank you for inviting us um, on the platform. This is my first podcast, so thank you for for being being. Hopefully, it'll be uh, one of many. But yeah, it's, it's really um being a thoughtful conversation today. Uh, you don't often get a chance to kind of talk about this these kind of topics, and you know I hope whoever's listening enjoyed enjoyed the show. Yeah, and good job hosting as well, because yeah, <laughs> it's not easy. <for> <laughs>
0: I'd have never known this was your first podcast. The way you carried it, it was like, oh, just another day where I'm in the spotlight. (laughs) Thank you. Basan, any final comments? Yeah,
2: just thank you for the opportunity to share our experiences. And I'm looking forward to starting with the Diverse Data team.
0: That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening to this discussion about the G word and for joining us on this journey to highlight the debate and the implications of genomics as it comes to the mainstream of healthcare and society. If you're interested in the programme, you can find out more by searching HDR UK Health Data Science Black Internship Programme. If you have any views on the topics or have a person in mind you'd like us to interview, do write to us at podcast at genomicsengland.co.uk. Remember to subscribe to The G Word on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And that if you've enjoyed listening, give us a five-star review because it really helps people find out about the series. We appreciate your support very much. And until next time, and I'm sure in another chat about diversity, I've been Sophia and I'll see you on the next episode of The G Word.